Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. Please remember that all of the information in this podcast episode is limited to general information only. That means the information is not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So you should seek the advice of a licensed and trusted financial professional before acting on the information. And before you acquire or apply for a financial product, please read the PDS or product disclosure statement, which should be available on the issuer's website. Lastly, please keep in mind that past performance is not indicative of future performance. Kate, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. It's good to be back um, in exciting life down here in Melbourne. Not much has happened since we last spoke, but uh, I thought it was a good time for us to have a bit of a a life and money catch up. So if you're looking for some hard hitting financial information, maybe go and check out our back catalogue because this one will be a little bit more lighthearted because we've had a few pretty heavy hitting guest interviews over the last few weeks. So we thought we'd just mix it up with something a bit lighter this week. Yeah. Yeah. So we thought we'd just check in. Um, There are a few things that I guess we wanted to cover off for our listeners sake. We know there are quite a few things that are on the mind of everyone else. Um, like uh, insofar as um, like common threads and questions and, and feedback we've received. But also uh, we wanted to just do a bit of a rehash of the recent episodes, kind of our favorite bits. Um, we've also got one listener question here about um, a, an app for tax. So we've got a few little things here. It's kind of a mismatch um, of different little threads that we're going to pull on. But maybe we'll just start off with um, a general kind of broad stroke question, Kate, is like what have you been doing, I guess, the last few months with your, your money and your finances and, and I guess just your financial wellness? Yeah, I think the last few months I've sort of just been running on autopilot. I haven't really changed too much about my finances. I haven't made any big investment decisions. I've just sort of been putting a bit more cash aside. Um, as you might have heard in a recent episode with Melissa Brown, um, we did. I've kind of been just building up that emergency fund for uh, any future uh, stuff that happens. So mm. I'm, yeah, I haven't been spending as much time thinking about investments. I've just sort of been dealing with what's happening in life. Um, so yeah, definitely got off that tra- <laughs> that train for now. But I've just been letting any automations I've got run in the background in terms of saving and regular investment plans as well. So I haven't really had to think about it at all, which is good because it's probably not something I've wanted to think about too much at the moment. Yeah, you said So you said something off air, Kate, which I think would be really powerful for our listeners, um, is that you, you talked about, I guess, the, the power of having an emergency fund and maybe you even underestimated how important that could be at any time when there's uncertainty in your life. Did you want to maybe just expand on that a bit? Yeah. I mean, we've always spoken about how important having an emergency fund is right back from, I think, the second or third episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've had so many people actually say they've gone in and, and put an emergency fund into place over the last year, and that's been really helpful them, to them now. But I think it's just that that sense of security that you've got that, whether it's three months, six months, a year of your um, basic expenses, you've got that behind you. So if something happens at work and you get made redundant or you're in sort of a toxic environment or you need to leave or for some reason you get kicked out of your share house, you've got that money behind you. And I think it just just gives you a lot more mental security. It gives me a lot of comfort knowing, especially during this crazy time, that that's behind me. And 
I think even if you don't have an emergency fund, like just get started now. I mean, even if you can just put aside twenty dollars a um, week, whatever it is, if you start putting a little bit of money away, just tuck it away for a rainy day, and when you need it, it'll be there behind you. And I just think I've been thinking so much about that recently, and sharing the resources I can because I think that just it really helps that financial well-being knowing that you've got that security net behind you yeah it's almost like um, a psychological buffer as much as it mm. is a cash buffer right like it it just trains you to think you know everything will be okay because financially I've, I'm prepared and I think that's just such a liberating thing you know if you're in normal times say if you're, if you're stuck with a boss that you don't like or you're at a company you don't like, you know, you can say to yourself, well, hey, you know, I've got my money aside. I can afford to go without a job for three to six months while I mm-hmm. find another one. I'm just going to get out of this really bad environment. Or um, even now, like the saying COVID, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty for so many families out there. And if you have money put aside, um, it's just such a relief to have a bit of money, you know, if it, even if it's a few thousand dollars or if it's, you know, a lot, like maybe you you have quite a bit put away. It's just such a powerful thing. And I think everyone can benefit from it. Like even the, the, the wealthiest people would do that too. So um, I'm all for that. You know, I think if anything, recent months have taught us to to really pay attention to that and make sure that it's there all the time. Mm, and I think it allows you to be much more present in your day-to-day life. Um, and especially at the moment when we've, well, I guess in Melbourne, we're really stuck inside. It, um, it just takes a small bit of worry away. Because there's enough to worry about. Yeah, totally. Um, Kate, we were to shift gears a bit. Uh, something that we wanted to talk about is um, I know you've been doing a lot of this lately. Um, thanks to thanks to COVID, thanks to restrictions, is is listening to others um, on their podcast, listening to other experts, um, and just digging your sinking your teeth into some different content, I should say. So maybe you could share some of your favorite resources from the last few months. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, I th- we interviewed Amy Lenardi, the um, property advocate, the other week, and I was listening to her first home buyers podcast, the Buyers Bible, and I, I've really enjoyed that because I, I personally haven't been really interested in property to date, and I thought mm, maybe I'll use this opportunity to learn a little bit more about this area that I've kind of been consciously ignoring <laughs> till now. Um, yeah, I've. I haven't really been interested every time I saw a sign like for a property for sale. I was just like, oh, I just sort of ignored it. But um, I actually have made a conscious effort recently to actually explore some resources um, to do with um, buying property and just to sort of educate myself on that other aspect of investing um, that I hadn't really focused on before. So I'd certainly recommend checking that out. Amy's done a wonderful job there. Um, and there was also another podcast I've really enjoyed. I think it's US-based, but it, it doesn't really matter here. It's called Find Your Freedom and um, for anyone interested in the idea of financial independence and building your sort of ideal life, um, I'd really recommend that as well and it's it's quite a good one to listen to at the moment if you're stuck inside. Mm. Yeah, there's, there's some really good resources there. I think um, there are a few things that came through um, in your show notes. So for listeners' sake, um, Kate and I plan these uh, podcast episodes typically in advance and we say kind of what we're going to talk about a bit Um Kate's definitely better at that than I am. Um, but I saw some interesting things in there. Like you said, you're doing a free COVID-19 tracing course. Oh, yeah. Um, I found it, a friend recommended it, but um, John Hopkins University, which has been doing a lot of the research and the data behind COVID, um, they've released a free um, course on Coursera. And I think like 
I saw like 20 million people had viewed it in the last few months. Anyway, um, so I'm wow. just I'm planning to sort of start digging into that this week. It's not very long, um, just because it sort of educate myself about this thing because I haven't actually learnt really much at all about what's happening aside from what's physically happening in our own country. So I thought I'd um, do a little bit of learning there and, um, I mean, whether you, maybe that could be a good uh, job for someone. I, I think they they need contact tracers, so maybe that could be a good way to see if you uh, enjoy doing that because it's uh, sort of a new job that's appeared at the moment. Mm, yeah, totally it is. Um, kind of come out of nowhere and I've heard of lots of people getting these interesting jobs during um, lockdowns and, and, and around the country, things like, you know, getting a job with the, the cleaning outfits that do um, like the, the cleans mm. after places need to be sterilised and, and what have you. It's, um, it's a fascinating time to live in and some people are being really creative in that respect. Yeah. For me, um, for me the last few months, I've got to admit, um, being down here in Melbourne, it's been pretty restrictive. So um, it's been a pretty hard thing. We talked with this. We talked to Anna Glynn about this uh, last week, I believe it was, about how I guess it's very easy for our personal life and our work life to mix together mm. in this, this way that's kind of unhealthy. And so for me, it's normally when I'm not working, the one thing that I'm doing other than like being around family and friends and what have you is – learning about finance and investing so like studying companies or you know doing something investing related but lately i've found that you know i think that's too much for me like if you eat you're, you're waking up you're going to bed you're working and your your leisure time is all to do with finance um i think for me i just needed a bit of an escape from that so a lot of my time lately um especially in lockdown has been um just learning more about computer science and programming something that i'm passionate about and it's a bit geeky, I know, but it's something that I feel like I can do productively from home because um, we only let out of the house for an hour, right? So it's mm. so like you can go do an online, co- uh, go do a course with someone in person or whatever. So I've been doing all these things online, and um, I guess that's kind of been a good outlet for me. Mm. Um, you know, non-finance related, um, I know, but I think if someone, if people out there can just take some time, maybe they feel like they're not productive right now. Maybe that's something they can do is think of a, a course or or something. You know, listen to a podcast like you said that that kind of stimulates them in a different way. Yeah, and I think that's always the challenge if you're studying, working and your hobby is in the same industry. Um, That's sort of been the case for both of us for a few years now. It's really important to find some activities and people in your life that are completely separate from that um, Mm. because you can get stuck in that little bubble and it's really important to have sort of a broader perspective on things especially when it comes to finance, like if you get stuck in that little lens, you miss out on so much. So um, mm. whatever industry you're in, um, try and make sure you've got sort of, you find some sort of interest or hobby outside of that. Um, just to, that's that's been something that's really helped me this year because I found that all my, everything was sort of centering around the same thing, um, the same overall picture. So I've made a really conscious effort to go and learn about different things this year and um, sort of step outside my comfort zone as much as you can while you're stuck inside. Yeah. And yeah. And I think it's fair to say that we are in a finance podcast. So you and I do talk about finance a lot on this, (laughs) but we do do things outside of finance, but yeah. yeah, So I guess maybe if we can bring it back to kind of the finance lessons, um, uh, there were a few guests that came on the show recently. We obviously had Mel Brand, who you've already mentioned with Amy Lenardi, Alicia Henderson from Sweet Bakes, Anna Glynn, 
Um, and we, we had Chris Wellsby from ETF Securities, and we thought maybe we could just do a quick, um, our big takeaways from each of the episodes. Maybe I'll start with Amy Lenardi's. I think um, she's a buyer's advocate. She's got her own podcast, which you mentioned. Um, the land to asset value ratio. I feel like that was a big takeaway from that episode. Mm. Um, if you if you know property or you want to invest in properties, calculate the land to asset value ratio. So, how much of the value of a of a purchase of a property um, can be attributed to the land? And she talked about ways to do that. But basically, you want a higher um, ratio. So you want more of the value to come from the land and less to come from the house because the house goes down in value, but the land goes up. And so that's something to keep in mind when you're when you're hiring for property, Kate. Mm. Um, and, and then another great interview we had last week with Anna Glynn, um, I found that really helpful about just finding things in your day to bring you joy and also um, just picking up the phone and giving um, your friends and family a call. Um, everyone reacts differently in this situation. So just um, just touching base with everyone and making sure you have breaks in your day and, and also some structure as well, um, which has really helped me. Totally. Um, my one I was going to go to is um, Chris Wellsby, who was from ETF Securities, the CEO of ETF Securities. And we talked about portfolio construction um, using ETFs in particular. And Chris's, uh, Chris's, there was one line in there about Chris and about his stance on uh, people towards retirement and how they should build their portfolio. So this is one maybe for our older listeners. Uh, Chris said that he believes people in Australia are a bit more um, willing to take on risk, so a bit more likely to invest in, say, shares as opposed to other things like bonds or mm. cash. Um, and I definitely see that too. But he suggested that you know people could have you know the overwhelming majority of their portfolio in defensive assets like cash or bonds, which are typically slower growth or no growth in the case of cash, and just pay a regular income. I, however, and that was probably the big epi- big takeaway from that episode for me, but. My stance on that, however, is more so that, um, you know, I would probably a more aggressive risk-seeking type of investor, uh, particularly for younger people. Like if you're in your 30s or 40s, I'd say it's you, you'd be much better off over the long term if you take on a lot more risk. I know that sounds like the finance guy saying take more risk. Um, that sounds kind of risky for me, but it, it is true. Like over the long term, um, if you're willing to ride out the bumps, like a 10-year time horizon or a 20-year time horizon, studies have shown that you should take on more risk mm. because it is, you know, a path to, I guess, financial independence. So um, just a takeaway from that episode with Chris Wellsby. Mm, absolutely. And um, uh, and the other interview you actually you did by yourself with Alicia, um, which I <laughs> was, it was quite a shame to miss, but I did manage to get some of her cake mail delivered the other week. And I have to say, I 100% recommend um, <laughs> as a paying customer, I it was worth every dollar. So um, I definitely recommend checking out her business if, if you want to break from anything, just get some cake. Yeah, sweet, sweet bakes. Yeah, she was, um, I, it was such a shame that you couldn't join us for that cake, but um, I'm sure we'll speak to her again soon. Um, she even said that she might come to an event and um, do a presentation for us. Um, and and one thing you get from her, and I think all of our listeners would have got this too, is just she's just full of positive energy. Mm. So you, you talk to her, and there you know there are two types of people. There are the people that you know you say something to, and then they're quick to find a, a negative or a way to bring that that down. So like for example, if you put a challenge in front of someone, someone will be like, oh yeah, you know it's pretty hard, or that there's always an excuse. She's the type of person that's completely opposite of that. 
So she's like, yes, let's do it. You know, the harder the better. And so I feel like just being around her and that positive energy was was quite inspiring. And I feel like mm-hmm. if we can get her to an event, that would be fantastic because I, I know a lot of our, our audience and our listeners would just love hearing from her. Yeah, and she's someone that is truly passionate about what she does and that rubs off and I think that's something we can all take into our businesses and our lives with us. Totally, yep. Um, the last thing, or the, we've got well, kind of this, this last section, Kate, um, of this shorter episode, which is talking about um, some of the common threads and questions that people and our listeners have raised with us. Um, I know you wanted to do, you wanted to mention something about banking and interest rates. Maybe I'll take the, the loan stuff and, and maybe you can talk about interest rates um, coming through in some of these questions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was actually a listener on Twitter that pointed it out to me the other day that you've actually got to keep doing a, a check-in on your your banks and your savings accounts because you might be with a couple of different banks and you might have savings there and one of them might be doing um, giving you 1.5%, for example, and one might be um, you might have dropped yeah. off the honeymoon rate and you might be um, earning no interest or it could be just 0.1%. So um, I think it's just an important reminder to do a bit of a checkup on your transaction and your savings accounts and double check that they're not taking any fees out um, because mm. it's it's something that you kind of got to check in with every few months because things change, banks can uh, change the terms of the accounts. So, yeah, it's just a, a good way to check in. Um, and I think you pointed out, Owen, that um, people are now refinancing home loans, which um, yep. I've seen a lot of discussion about people doing that. And I think um, a lot of people are still on mortgage um, repayment holidays as well. So um, the banks are doing a lot of calls and checking up on um what everyone's status is and whether they're going to be able to start paying their loan or um, pay it mm. at a lower rate. So it's a, it's a good opportunity now to get on the phone with your bank or your lender and actually sort of have a checkup on what your loan's doing, whether you can get a better rate, um, maybe look at some alternative options as well. Yeah, there's a, Kate, you, may, you mentioned a few good points there. There's a lot of uncertainty for people right now. Mm. And when, you know, we were going through the mortgage application process recently, um, we were constantly getting feedback, um, anecdotal feedback that suggested that, you know, 90 to 95% of what mortgage brokers and banks are dealing with at the moment is refinancing. So that's when someone already has a mortgage. Um, let's say they've got a mortgage on a $700,000 house, just for an example, um, and there's a $500,000 mortgage on it. So that means that there's equity in the house. They can actually refinance to a different amount or to the same amount with a new bank and hope in the hope of getting lower repayments or releasing some equity or whatever they might be wanting to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason that we're seeing this right now and this surge in refinancing interest is that people are growing concerned about, you know, their cash flow. And so their experts around them, financial advisors, mortgage brokers, etc., are saying, hey, why don't you refinance? Um, you know, maybe you can get a better rate, maybe you can push the loan term back out to another 30 years and that will lower your, your monthly repayments by X, Y, or Z. And the the big thrust behind this is that a lot of people are worried about their jobs right now. And, you know, over the next six months um, with repayment holidays ending, people are thinking, I should start doing this now so that when it, the cash flow squeeze comes, it's, it's a little bit less than what it could be if I'm on these higher repayments. Mm. So that's something that you should you should definitely speak to a financial advisor about or, or a good mortgage broker. They're very busy at the moment, but 
um, you know, that's something that you can consider. I'm of the opinion that, you, you know, loans are pretty nasty things. So um, just try and avoid extending them wherever possible mm-hmm. and um, maybe focus on that emergency cash buffer, as we said. But I heard a rumor in the, in the, in the news the other day, Kate, that people who are on um, principal and interest loans, so like a normal mortgage where you pay off the interest and you pay a bit of the, like the principal, the amount that you slowly see coming down over the years, People that are on these repayment holidays aren't aware that they're still accruing interest on mm. their mortgage. Mm. I've seen so, a few people raise that in some forums as well. Yeah. Um, that they they thought it was just complete pause. Yeah, and it's not. You're still getting charged interest on that mortgage. So um, you know you want to check with your bank what is the situation here. And then the next thing is, well, if I'm still earning interest, remember if you've just got a mortgage, like let's say. Um, you've got a you've got a mortgage in the last three years, right? Mm. If you've got if you're paying interest on that mortgage, the first one, two, three, four, five years of your mortgage are when you're paying the most interest because the loan amount is the highest it's going to be. So you're actually you're actually accruing a lot of interest. And so what are, some of the banks are thinking is, for some people they might um, see if they can switch over to an interest only loan mm. where they just pay off the interest, so at least their loan isn't going up. Yeah. It kind of stays where it is. And I know that's, again, something that you should think about. Um, it's a pretty scary thing, a pretty daunting thing for a lot of people. So definitely, you know, do some reading, go onto Reddit or go onto speak to a financial advisor, <laughs> do whatever you want to do, get some comfort and, and hear what other people have to say. Um, and the final one on this, Kate, is um, I heard on, the, on the, the, t- the telly yesterday, I don't watch much telly these days, but the telly yesterday that um, you can start applying for JobSeeker um, more than a few weeks out. So the importance of that note is that if you're on JobKeeper, and we know that there's been some changes for employers to JobKeeper, um, if you're on JobKeeper uh, through your employer, you might want to check with your employer to see if they're going to be eligible for JobKeeper once the new changes take effect in around September, October. Mm. And the importance of that is if if your employer is unlikely to get JobKeeper and then is unlikely to keep you on, it might be worth now thinking about are you eligible for job seeker um, and getting some sort of money that way and preparing now. So rather than leaving it to the, the 11th hour, think a bit ahead, see if you're eligible and maybe start that application process. I know, Kate, you went through that so, and mm-hmm. you know it takes a bit of time, right? So yeah. maybe that's worth some, maybe that's worth something to someone out there who, who hears this. Maybe you can transition from job keeper to job seeker over the next few few weeks or months yeah and even just setting up your centrelink account going through the id process and getting the reference numbers so anytime ever in your life you need the services you've got it all set up and you don't have to go Mm. through that account creation process i think at the moment it's sort of a a no-brainer for most people just to get the account set up um whether they need job keeper um sorry job seeker or not um beside the point just get it all set up get the um account ready and then you've got it if you ever need it in the future and it's all connected to your MyGov account. Um, And Mm. one other thing I wanted to mention is um, Good Shepherd um, Microfinance, which we've mentioned a few times that do sort of no interest loan schemes um, and microfinancing. They Mm. also have a um, a household relief uh, loan at the moment, um, which they're doing in collaboration with the Australian government. So um, you can get no interest loans. Um, I think it's, I'm just having a look at the website now, up to three grand to help you towards rent and utilities. 
Um, so there's no interest, no fees, and you can repay it over 24 months. So if you have been impacted by COVID, if your income has been, if you're on Centrelink payments, or I think um, if you've reduced income, if you're self-employed, you can apply for this as well. So I'll put a link in the show notes because I just saw that the other day mm. and I thought that might be helpful for someone um, just to get them through a rough patch so you don't have to turn to a credit card or um, another service as well. Um, so yeah. you take advantage of these no interest loan schemes that are um, done by the not-profits and the government. Yeah, we've um, Kate, we won't name names, but you and I have seen this recently um, where there's been some instances where some people have suggested, that's air quotes, suggested that maybe now's a good time to use one of these buy now, pay later apps or even a credit card um, or something like that. And I don't know about you, but my advice on this is don't go near them. Mm. Just please do not go near any of these services. Um, they might You might think that they're free money. You, you know, they, I know when you're in a tough situation, it, it can seem like an out. But right now is not the time to do that. Um, you know, even in the best of times, it's not the time to use some of these credit cards or, or apps or what have you. Um, you know, I think it's sad, but it's, it, it's tough and it's tough. But the really important thing is now you've got to get advice. If you haven't got advice in the past, you know, mm-hmm. go and see a financial counsellor. Um, take advantage of actual good things. Don't just be fooled into the marketing of credit card companies or buy now, pay later apps because they it's kind of just kicking the can down the road, but it's kicking the can down the road at the worst possible time. Mm. And so, um, you know, take advantage of things like this. We're not saying go with Good Shepherd. We're not endorsing anything, but mm. um, just t- look around, speak to a financial counsellor, call the debt helpline if you're in that, in that situation. There are things that you can do. We've talked about quite a few of them on the show before. Yeah, and, and financial counselling in Australia is a free service if you call the National Debt Helpline. So we've put that in the show notes and that's it's always something to know that you've got access to that um, and to that service so mm-hmm. they can help you in whatever situation you are, lay out your options um, and give you independent advice, which is probably not something you're going to get on an online forum. Yep, yep, that's, real, that's a fair point. Okay, so from that kind of... Um, deep and meaningful conversation, Kate, we've, we, which we wanted to cover off. How about some interesting side hustles? I've got three for you. So people that have done things while they're stuck inside or, you know, in preparation for being stuck inside. So one of them is just people, I've just heard of lots of people upskilling. So taking the time out to do an online course, to learn about something. I mean, we saw a surge in people um, going to our websites, enrolling in our free courses and, and all that type of stuff. And we've got a heap on the way, by the way. Um, yeah, I don't want to lift the lid on too much, Kate, but um, we've got a, we've got some really <laughs> great courses. We've got some great courses, and most of them will be free, if not all of them will be free. So, um, some great courses coming onto our education site. But um, we've heard of a lot of people upskilling in various ways, um, taking the time out. They realise, hey, I'm at home. I may as well do something productive um, with my time, and so that's a really cool thing. I've heard of another one, an older friend, a family friend of ours. Um, when I say older, she would probably be late 50s, early 60s, or say late 50s. Um, she is now, she's been buying furniture online. Um, this was just before COVID and the restrictions came in here in Victoria. Buy furniture, fix it up, and then sell it again on Facebook. So she'd take the same furniture, even if she's just walking down past the, you know, hard rubbish, she'll collect it, fix it up and sell it again. And she makes some pretty good money out of this, you know, a couple of hundred dollars a piece sometimes. Mm. And the last one, which is kind of like an, um, there's no points for originality, is 
just going onto Airtasker and seeing what you can do for people. So Airtasker is a, a service that you can go on online and you can get people to do things. I was helping my my stepmom move recently and I said to her, you know what? Uh, she, she lives far away from me. And I said, you know what? If you need people to help you like dig a, a pit in the backyard or move a couch or get someone over to like set up your Wi-Fi, but this is how crazy it is. You can just go on Airtasker and pay someone 10 bucks to come over and set up your Wi-Fi. Mm. That's how crazy it is. And you can be the person that does that. So, um, you know, there's some, some great little ideas there for people to, if they're stuck inside or not, some extra ways to make money. Mm. Another idea I'd like to point out, especially at the moment, is doing um, sort of tutoring or uni help for students, primary, mm. secondary, university. If you have a I don't even know if you need an expert skill in a certain area if you're sort of teaching primary school. But if you have, um, if you like teaching, if you like talking and sharing, um, there's a lot of people needing Skype tutoring at the moment. So heaps, um, yep. and especially for students because they can't have one-on-one with the teachers, they can't um, go into campus and actually deal with their tutors. A lot of people are needing help, and they're willing to pay for it. I was having a look at a few. Um, sites. There's one for uni students called Student VIP. I was I found another a few other student tutoring sites because I suggested them to someone the other day. Um, I'll, I'll find them and put them in the show notes. But if that's something you're you think you could be interested in, it's worth exploring at the moment because maybe in the past you used to have to go to the library or someone's house to meet up with them. But at the moment, people are very happy to have online tutoring. So um, I definitely explore that if you at all like talking and teaching and think that's something you could do. Yeah, that's a great idea. We see that there's so many mums and dads out there that need a bit of a helping hand right now. So, uh, yeah, if, they, if there's a need, there's a way to make money from it. It's as crude as it sounds. Uh, people are willing to pay you. So, so exciting. And, and, and we're all about like if you – we're all about just the most creative ways to make money and to have a side hustle. So if you have one of these things, if you have an idea, please, please, please send it to us. Our podcast at, at ras.com.au. Send us your ideas and we'll share them with people because we need people in times like this to share their ideas for inspiration for others. Mm. And it's a way to keep us all sane and, and excited about what comes next. Um, Kate, I think you wanted to touch on how, um, just as a, as a passing comment, I guess, how people can balance multiple big financial goals that they might have right now. Yeah, so I've had that question a few times and I think um, – uh, we can get pretty ambitious as young people with our, our goals and maybe we want to save for a house and add to our super and start a share portfolio all at the same time. Um, and that starts mm-hmm. to spread your your income pretty thin um, for most people. So um, I think I'd, I'd work out what is your sort of short, medium and long-term focus and then um, have a plan for attacking each one. But you also need to work out what is that main priority. And I think it doesn't have to be either or. You don't have to do just save for a house deposit, but you need to work out which one is the the like which one do you want to achieve the soonest, um, and put the priority onto that one. But you can also um, also work towards the other goal at the same time. So I think maybe you go well. I want sixty percent of my savings to go towards my high priority goal, and maybe twenty percent and twenty percent to my other lower priority goals. Um, so I think that's that's one way and I and it doesn't have to be either or I think a lot of people go I'm only saving up for house deposits so I just have to keep putting the money aside and I cannot start investing anywhere else 
for years until I've got that house deposit. But you can kind of break it up and maybe use a spreadsheet or a different sort of goal tracker to do that. But you can go, well, this is the money for that big goal, um, but I'm also putting money into those other other small mm. goals, maybe your medium-term goals. Yeah, I really like it. It's, it's It can be hard to, I guess, compartmentalize where things go and, yeah. and, and how much you can take on, but you do have a limited bandwidth, right? Mm. Um, so there's this one question here at the end, which I wanted to tuck on, and it's from Gemma, who sent a, a question through. She said, it's, it's from Gemma, she's 38, she's from Sydney, and she says she's thinking of you in lockdown in Victoria, and she says, hey, friends, love listening to you both. Your wisdom has helped me straighten my money socks and tighten up <laughs> my financial laces in a big way. Hashtag gratitude, hashtag ka-ching. Quick question, what tax time receipt tracking slash recording apps would you recommend for a PAYG employee? I'm pretty organized, but I'm sick of filling paper receipts in a shoebox. Yeah, filling paper receipts in a shoebox. I guarantee some are slipping through the cracks. There has to be a better way. Would love to hear any of your suggestions. Many thanks, Gemma. And that's an awesome question, Gemma. Um, love it. Love the enthusiasm. Um, so yeah, the, I'm old school. I still use receipts. It's silly. I know. I still use receipts, and then at like in June each year, I just tally up some of my common expenses, like. Uh, fuel or like money uh, for car, sorry, car deductions for travel related expenses, but there is a better way. And the best way that I know of, Kate, you probably have better apps, but the best way that I know of is the ATO app where you can lodge your deductions, you can take photos of receipts. And then what's really cool about it is you can, at tax time each year, you can upload it and it automatically fills in deductions for your tax return or your, you can automatically email it all to your accountant so that, that they can see what you've lodged throughout the year and it's really quick and easy on the go because it's on your phone so that's probably what i'd say is that's the app that i'd go to how about you kate Mm, i I think i'd recommend that app i honestly have been pretty terrible with my own um tax record keeping in the past um i'm still trying to sort out my my receipt mess from last financial year Um, but generally my main tool has been to just drag any emails with invoices or receipts into a folder in my inbox uh, mm-hmm. called tax and because I use I have multiple emails I have like multiple tax folders <laughs> in different inboxes so uh, now I'm having the fun process of trawling through um, 12 months of each of those inboxes and pulling things out and putting them into a spreadsheet so um, that's probably not my recommended method it's taking a long time and it's kind of like doing an hour each weekend at the moment trying to get it sorted but um, uh, if you're a spreadsheet kind of person save everything into sort of labelled folders, label the invoice so you don't just have invoice one, two, three by 10 and you don't know what's what. Um, Label the invoices, keep everything filed and um, keep a spreadsheet as well. And just whenever something comes in or maybe once a week, you schedule 20 minutes just to update the spreadsheet with any invoices and deductions from that week just so it's not a mess when you get to the end of financial year. Good point. Yeah, if this if if this is the thing, right? If you're a business, there are so many cool apps that mm. are available. You can just like I've got Zero, or you can use Quicken or whatever the other ones are. Um, you can just like set a rule so that everything that's done through like a BP service station is tax or like fuel deduction mm. or like travel costs. It's crazy. But yet in personal finance land, I haven't come across anything like that yet. But I'm sure that it's only a matter of time. But in the meantime, this ATO app is pretty cool. Um, Kate, I was just going to say, if people have questions, they can still send them through 
Um, we, we, we're going to try and take them um, piece by piece and, and try and weave some common threads through them um, and, and just try and answer your questions as best we can. Obviously, we can't answer them all. Um, so if you do have them, send them on through and, and we'll do what we can when we can. Um, there was one other thing, but it's completely slipped my mind. <laughs> um, oh, yes. No, that's what it was, Kate. It was just about courses. Um, we are going to start doing some courses on our Rask Education site. Um, I alluded to some of them above, I teased a bit. Um, we've got some really cool courses. Like one of them is going to be, which I mentioned to you, is, a, is accounting for investors. So it's like a basic one to understand how accounting works if you're investing in the share market, for example. Um, we're going to talk about um, maybe, there's, maybe there's going to be a course on the fire movement. They're going to do a property beginners course, maybe with some experts that have been on this show before. Um, there's so many things. So um, keep an eye out for that. And if you have any suggestions around that, if, you, if there's a course that you think that we'd be capable of, of doing, let us know because September's the month of courses. So yeah, looking forward to hearing from you. Uh, Kate, is there anything else you want to add to yeah, this episode? Absolutely. And if you have any episode suggestions or people you want us to interview, um, just send them our way. Um, and we'd love to sort of cover the topics you're really interested in. I mean, we have a, a mega list, but um, every every week we just want to deliver the most relevant content at the time. So just let us know um, and uh, we'll try and see what we can do for you. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just scrolling through our list now. Okay, I reckon it's about three or four pages of like dot points <laughs> going down the page of just <laughs> future episodes. So um, there's so much to do. But if you do have something, let us know. If you do have someone that you want us to get on the show, let us know. We're, we're getting to that stage. Fortunately, where we do have some pull now, we can ask people to come on and be like, hey, have you heard of our podcast? Come on. We'd love to hear from you. And um, We can, we can send get it people to- cooler than us on the show now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which is pretty low bar, but hey, I know we can say to people like, um, you know, come on and share your story. And if you have a suggestion of someone, tell us what you want us to ask them. Like if you've got a question, a burning question, you want us to ask this expert, sure, let us know. It makes our job even easier. So, uh, yeah. That's about it, Kate. Um, if people want to get in contact with you, where do they do that? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at howtomoneyaus and at howtomoney.online. And I've included plenty of the resources mentioned mm. today in the show notes because I have talked about a few different things. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I can see them all there. And, um, of course, um, you can find me at um, – well, you can email us at podcast at rask.com.au if you've got some questions or some feedback for us or some suggestions. Um, you can find me at Owen Rask on Twitter or at Owen Rask AU on Instagram. Probably not the best. We've had some few, a few questions come through on Insta. Uh, maybe just shoot me an email instead. It's probably easier. But um, yeah, Kate, as always, thanks for joining me. Yeah, and thanks for listening to this uh, more casual episode this lovely Monday. <laughs>